Gold, the only podcast that puts its money where its mouth is. I'm your host, Rich Ryan, and I'm joined by two members of the collective, Donnie D.P. Peters and the resident moose himself, Mo Nuwara. Both guys playing road games this week, so apologies if there are any sound issues, if things aren't sounding crystal clear, because these guys are soldiering through as they work on the road. They are working for you to bring you this podcast gratis, zero pay. But regardless, DP is in New Jersey for, what is it, the DraftKings Sports Betting Millionaire Bonanza? Did I get that right? No, you did not. But <laughs> but I, I like your uh, your iteration of it. The, the DraftKings Sports Betting National Championship. There you go. That's what I meant. And you are in a house that is suspect. You're in an Airbnb. You are giving us some artifacts in the WhatsApp thread. Can you please paint the picture for the people and uh, explain to them why we were very happy to see, as Mo put it, uh, you woke up and your skin wasn't draped on a lamp. Yeah, the uh, there's some interesting decor here. There's a few kind of, I mean, borderline creepy uh, wall, wall art uh, hangings. There is a weird uh, kind of paper mache mask that's painted red that's just kind of sitting in this bowl with like a flower plant, which just kind of seems out of place. But I'm guessing that these people have kids and that's why this is there. Um, if that's not the reason, then I'm even more weirded out. But I'm going to continue to tell myself that there's uh, in, in the, the master bedroom upstairs, there are uh, aligning both the sides of the bed. There are two lamps. And the base of the lamp is a gun, a pistol, uh, pointed upwards into the lamp. And you turn the lamp on by pulling the little trigger on the oh, wow. lamp. So, <laughs> so yeah, there's a there's some fun stuff going on. There's a there's like an eagle like overlooking me right now as I do this podcast, as real as can be. I mean, that thing it's 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 in the bedroom where I'm sleeping in, and then over the bed where I'm sleeping, there's like a. What looks like a like the saw mask, but a, a hairy version of the saw mask. Like if the, if the saw character and uh, like a, a Bigfoot had a baby, this is what you would get, and it's hanging over my bed. So, yeah, it's it's interesting to say the least. Sweet dreams, my prince. Every day that Donnie wakes up, we're happy in that haunted house. Uh, Mo, you were coming to us from a more. Have you never? Lance, I'm used. You. Uh, you didn't know what I was talking about. What skin I, over lamp? Yeah, I I was listen. I woke up, I was half asleep, and now I realize now what what was going on. But yes. Oh, I had no idea. Mo, you were coming to us from a more luxurious location, but your Wi-Fi might be a little spotty. You were on Paradise Island in the Bahamas. You just covered the Poker Stars. Platinum Pass, Bonanza, another Bonanza. And now you got the PCA main event coming up. How you doing, kiddo? Yeah, it's choppy over here. I can't lie. But, but uh, you know, I'm some winners. Uh, and if I can't, uh, I mean, I guess I could just go to the beach and fuck everybody. <laughs> Speak guess we have to beep that out yeah the only th- no it, it chopped out so you're good the wi-fi <laughs> beeped it for you and yeah your your wi-fi is choppier than the waves in 
the Bahamas. The the reefs do a good job cutting them down. Nice calm water. So yeah, even if you give us some losers, you can go kick your feet up on the sand. Last week, no losers from DP. He was four and zero. Mo one loser, three and one. I was two and two, and Brett, who is skipping out on these podcasts, not giving the fans what they want, just punted with an zero and four week. So, not good from the disciple. And uh, is there anything we need to recap last? Was anything surprising last week? I, I think on here we talked about how pretty much any outcome would have been not crazy. Even the Eagles winning at Chicago, not an insane outcome. Um, DP, any surprises last week from the four wild card games? I was surprised by, so I wasn't surprised by the Colts winning against Houston. I was surprised at just Houston not showing up. I mean, I I thought that was just pathetic. Um, But I, you know, I I think we kind of talked about this uh, throughout the season, you know, just uh, sort of waiting until that that first playoff game to really uh, bet against uh, the Houston Texans. Um, I mean, coming out of that game, I just, I'm like, I mean, what's Bill O'Brien doing? I mean, can we can we just stop with the Bill O'Brien stuff? I feel like he's he needs to be done. He just needs to be needs to go. Yeah, Deshaun as well. I mean, I don't know what Deshaun Watson is as a quarterback. Missed a crucial fourth down throw into the end zone. Yeah, I, I I just don't know. I don't I don't know if he's ever going to be more than an average quarterback with sparks. Uh, he's he's very inconsistent. But some of those inconsistencies could also be blamed on that offensive line. They've been bad all year. So, I don't know. I don't know where Deshaun Watson goes from here, but his decision-making and inability to make common throws at times is a bit worrying. What about you, Mo? Anything that surprised you from Wild Card Weekend? I mean, I guess I was surprised that the uh, Bears could not win a football game there. You know wasn't just the fact that they didn't win it was just like looking over that box score in the aftermath it was hard to imagine how didn't win the game i mean that the stats under that looked like the uh losing team so i'm not really sure you know lost yards total yards lost we're back to zero but the eagles somehow won the football game so that uh yeah i don't know special teams and then just the Bears not finishing drives but it definitely feels like a game where like if they ran it back tomorrow the Bears would still be significant favorites yeah the, the biggest drive in that game was uh the defenseless hit on a receiver that was Zach Ertz and then the pass interference down near the goal line that drive really swung the game in the favor of the Eagles or at least kept them in the game which they were able to then finish later on. Uh, and now we're on to Divisional Weekend, which starts with a game near and dear to Mo's heart. His Kansas City chefs are hosting the aforementioned Indianapolis Colts, the Colts that are getting a lot of public love, which, not surprising, but as DP said, when his biggest surprise last weekend wasn't so much that the Colts blew the Texans doors off. It was more so that the Texans didn't show up yet entering this week. Everybody thinks the Colts are a live dog. Everybody thinks that they can go to Arrowhead and win 
the Chiefs are currently minus five on Pinnacle. This opened at minus four and a half, but 58% of the bets are coming in on Indy. Bit of a reverse line move there. Uh, and we only have one host on the Colts. That is DP. Not only is he, is he a lone wolf, this is his best bet, although he said in his, in the chat to me directly, quote, I hate them all. DP, not a fan of this week, but you clicked best bet for the Colts. Talk about this game. Yeah, I mean, just uh, quickly, I hate them all because, um, I mean, I'm on the side with the public, and I, I really don't want to be on the side with, with publics taking all these dogs uh, like they are. Um, with, with this specific pick of the Colts plus five here, I mean, listen, maybe I'm too tied to this team because I'm holding a Colts Super Bowl future, but I really like Indianapolis all around right now, uh, both sides of the ball. I think they're just playing extremely well. Uh, most importantly, I think that the offensive line is – just, I mean, they're doing God's work out there. They're keeping Andrew Luck, I mean, not even touched. I mean, and and you can say what you want about Andrew Luck. I know he does have his critics out there. Uh, but if, you know, you can't get to the quarterback and he just has all time to throw, I mean, he's going to do his thing and he's going to be able to, to carve up opposing defenses. So I think last week, uh, you know, just looking at the, the Colts and the Texans playing and just seeing how the Texans with all the – you know, the, the power that they have up front in their front seven on defense, they weren't even able to get to Andrew Luck at all. Uh, that's that's become the norm in, in, you know, the second half of the season for the Colts. And I think that we're going to see see much more of that. And, you know, I would say that the the Kansas City Chiefs are, are a bit of a weaker a weaker defense. Um, so if they have a weaker defense and now they're, they're going to have to go against this uh, tough Colts offensive line, I think it's going to be really hard uh, for them to get after Andrew Luck. And then, I mean, they have enough firepower on the Colts side to be able to stay with uh, Kansas city. If this does turn into a shootout and then regarding the coaching matchup, which I think can be really big in the playoffs. I mean, at worst, I think this is a push. I even stop, lean a little bit towards stop. Frank. Right? No, that's no, insane. no, 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 no. I've seen it too many times with Andy Reed. Too many times with Andy Reid, okay? This so when he blows it in the last four minutes of the game, you can come message me and say, I'm sorry, Donnie. That's what you can do. So Frank, he's going to do Frank, it again. He does it all the time. So Frank Reich beats a bunch of cupcakes, including the Texans in the playoffs, and all of a sudden he's just better than Andy Reid? I mean, I've never been a big Andy Reid guy as a head coach. Come on. I've, I can't, I've never been. I can't get down with, the, with that take. I, I do agree. Colts absolutely stonewalled. Watt, Clowney, and Merciless last week. Their second inadjusted sack rate. Justin Houston and D Ford. Going to be a long day. Chris Jones, going to be a long day trying to get to, to Andrew Luck. That is the big advantage for the Colts, for sure. I'm going to let Mo take the other side to start. Mo, if you can, try to keep your points short and succinct as we try to get through the choppiness here. Why do you love your chefs at home this week? Well... This is Andy Reid at home, extra week to prepare. I know, know how good he's been in the past with extra time to prepare. Um, and then I also think there's, like, yeah, on paper, it looks like this defense can't stop the Colts, but I think you just, like, bracket error when he catches the ball and try to knock him out of the game. I mean, he hasn't practiced this week. He's been seeing a I think you just unload on him a couple of times, try to get him to the sideline, and then what do the Colts have at that point? Yeah, nothing. Uh, the, not really. no, nothing that really scares you, for sure. Ryan Grant not going to play. I mean, Chester Rogers, are we, are we really quaking in our boots about Chester Rogers? Uh, 
The biggest fear for me, if I am a Chiefs fan, honestly, is the weather. Right now we're looking at 33 degrees, 41% chance of rain, 10 mile an hour winds. So if that rain does fall, if we do get freezing rain, maybe even snow, that favors the Colts if it turns into a drag it out, ugly, smash mouth type of game. The Colts 13th in rush offense DVOA, Casey 32nd defending the run and on the other side of the ball. We all know the Colts really good on run, run defense, fourth in rush defense DVOA. KC, fourth in rush offense, but uh, that does take into account Kareem Hunt's start to the season. Um, but if the conditions are just okay, it's hard for me to see a scenario where KC doesn't absolutely shred this Colts defense. I mean, look. I've said it all year, and nobody has really challenged this Colts D in terms of passing the ball vertically. The, the last time the Colts played a team, an offense, uh, a passing game with a pulse, was back, I, I want to say it was a week five against the Patriots. They went up to Gillette, and they lost by two touchdowns because you just can't play the soft-ass cover two against a team that can push the ball and pass the ball downfield. It's just, it's just not going to happen. They can't sit in Tampa to it against the Chiefs and expect to get stops because it's just not going to happen. So it's going to be up to the Colts to change what they're doing a little bit, maybe get a little uh, spicy, play some cover two man, bump up front. But then even then, these guys are going to get open, and I just don't see the talent in the secondary for the Colts to be able to compete for 60 minutes. So I am shading the Chiefs. Uh, I think the number one offense, number one pass offense will do – a lot against this Colts defense and love Andrew Luck, but I just don't think that they'll be able to keep up pace in this game. See, I'm, I'm worried about um, the weather. Go ahead, Mo. I also think the chiefs, while the Texans have a great defensive line, uh, like a lot of what makes like JJ Watt and Tony, they are against the run. Well, the chiefs have maybe better, some better pure pass rushers. If these guys can challenge the Colts O line, maybe in a little, let's put more pressure on Andrew Luck. I think the Chiefs defense could actually do better than people think here. That's hard to bank on, though. It's hard to bank on somebody competing with this Colts offensive line because Luck. I mean, he's gone weeks without getting touched. He's just back there padding the ball. So if you're depending on a pass rush against the Colts, you might be in a bit of trouble. DP, you were going to bring up uh, the weather there. Yeah, just that when I was uh, thinking about this game and going over things, I was a little bit worried that if the weather is bad, it could hinder the Colts um, just because they're used to playing inside, playing in a dome. Um, so, if you know, I just I, I feel like Mahomes can kind of do no wrong <laughs> in, a, in a lot of ways. So uh, if, if there is bad weather, I feel like it would affect the Colts more than it would affect the Chiefs in this one. And that did scare me. I know you said it scared you for the other side. Oh yeah, if if the Chiefs if there's no threat of the Chiefs throwing 40-yard passes, then that's a massive advantage to me for the Colts. Because the Colts want to p- play a compressed defense. They want to keep everything in the box close to the line of scrimmage. So if you take away the Chiefs ability to throw the ball infinity yards to Tyree Kill, it just makes playing the defense that much easier. So I think I think weather would favor the Colts as ironic as that sounds them being a dome team. So 
Uh, Brett was also on the Chiefs. Like I said, Donnie was a lone wolf on the Colts, and he made the Chiefs his best bet. W- one more note that I wanted to add before we move on is I think I just think generally the market is off on this because everybody's just pounding, pounding the Colts. This line, although I don't think it's way off, I think it should be six, six and a half. Uh, the only time that the Chiefs had been favored at home by fewer than six points this season was against the Jags. Uh, and this was back when we thought the Jags were still the 2017 Jags. The Chiefs were minus three and absolutely blew Jacksonville's doors off. And then the final home game of the season, or penultimate, I should say, home game of the season for the Chiefs, they were minus three and a half against the Chargers, who I think we can all agree that the Chargers are a better team than this Indianapolis team. Um, and of course, the Chargers won that game outright. Let's move to the next game on Saturday. It's out here on the best coast. It's Cowboys at Rams. Rams are a seven and a half point favorite. This game opened at seven and kind of a reverse line move, just like in the first game. 57% of the tickets are on Dallas, despite the line moving in the other direction off of a key number. And I'll lead this one off because I am a quote unquote lone wolf on the Rams, although I wrote right here lone wolfish because I only have the slightest of leans on the Rams. The Cowboys awful on the road this year, three and five on the road and their three wins include a three point win over the Falcons later in the season. And of course that one point victory over the giants in week 17, uh, the game that really sticks out to me as a road game for Dallas was week 15 against the Colts. This is a game that Dallas really needed. The Colts did as well. So it it kind of felt like a playoff game. And Dallas was completely blanked in the contest. 23-0 was the final. Um, Somebody said this uh, this week, and it it really stood out to me. It was Chris Harris of harrisfootball.com. He said, uh, fights are about styles, right? When you look at a, a boxing match or... Uh, an MMA match, you you look at the style of the fighters, not so much just like the blank history of how the fighters have performed. And last week, the fight was really good for Dallas. They had a team coming in with the same style, the Seattle Seahawks, uh, slow pace, run the ball, play some defense. Brian Schottenheimer, despite having a better passer, despite having better weapons, was extremely stubborn and just ran the ball straight and handcuffed his team and did not give the Seahawks a chance to win that contest. Now the Cowboys have to go on the road and fight a team with a much different style. The Rams are third in pace. They love getting on the ball. They love throwing the ball all over the field, spreading the ball around. They love that jet action. So you're not just playing against a vertical offense. You're playing against a team that stretches the field horizontally. And I don't know what Dak does when he has to throw the ball 30 to 40 times a game. And I don't know what that Cowboys defense looks like when they have to play 10, 11, 12 more plays in the game. So I think all these little things really favor uh, the Rams in this contest. And again, not a massive lean, um, but just a shade in that direction. Oh, two more things. Sorry. I just have a ton of notes on this game. This game was really interesting to me. Um, uh, 
the big fear here for the Rams is that they can be run on, right? Uh, they're 28th in rush defense DVOA. So the Cowboys can kind of set the pace if they if they get an opportunity to get the ball and run a little bit. Uh, and mostly the reason why the Rams are so bad against the run is because Dante Fowler, Corey Littleton, and Mark Barron are atrocious, according to PFF, against the run. At least they have been this season. Fowler grades as a 55 and Littleton and Barron both touting 43. These are out of 100 on run defense. So the Rams could be run on. So it's it's not like a an impossibility that the Cowboys can stay in this game. Uh, I just believe in that Rams offense a little bit in order to set the pace. DP, you clicked Cowboys. Tell us why. Uh, so a couple of reasons. Uh, so, and you talked about both of them. Uh, one, you talked about the other side though. Uh, so first of all, I think that, uh, this Rams defense, they're better on paper, uh, than they are in actual real life. I think that, uh, just the running game of the Dallas Cowboys, uh, sets up well against this Rams defense. And I think that obviously, I mean, that's what Dallas does. They line up to run the ball with Ezekiel Elliott. I think that's what they're going to be able to do here. And I think they're going to be able to do it. Uh, you know, at least with enough success that they will be able to stay within the seven and a half. And then, as you mentioned, you know, w- what the Rams like to do on offense. Honestly, I just don't know if I can trust Jared Goff against this Dallas defense that has been playing really well. They're super fast. They can get after it. Um, and I'm just I'm, I'm scared there. You know, I'm, I'm just scared with uh, what what kind of Jared Goff are we going to get? Um I don't have a, a, a really big lean on this. You know, as you mentioned at the top, I, I kind of hate all the, these lines this week, but I just, I don't know if I can take Jared Goff in this situation, lane seven and a half against this Dallas defense. That is ultimately why I am on the Cowboys plus seven and a half here. You know, it's funny. I wrote down initially golf versus defense with a pulse, but then I, I looked into it a little deeper. Cowboys, they don't really generate a pass rush. 27th in adjusted sack rate, which the Rams offensive line, we know they're great. And I looked at two specific matchups in defense DVOA, which really worried me for the Cowboys defense. They're 26th defending the running back out of the backfield. Gurley does wonders on those flat routes. And then they're 22nd defending the quote-unquote other wide receiver or the slot receiver. And I think that the Cowboys have had success lining up against traditional offenses that don't have a lot of motion that just kind of run their routes. So they're doing a good job against boundary receivers, the number quote unquote, number one receivers. They're doing a good job in defending them, but that's not how the Rams play offense. They don't have like Brandon cooks. Isn't your stereotypical wide receiver one play the boundary, big tall guy. They just throw to whoever's open. That's the Rams offense, right? We're going to scheme somebody open and hopefully golf will find them. So if, the Cowboys can't defend the middle of the field or the flat, then they just might get trampled by this Rams offense. Mo, you two clicked Dallas. What you got here? Well, I like the over here. I think we locked it in at 49 and then it's now at 50. Um, uh, Dallas running game should do okay against what's been a pretty poor Rams run. In the second, not the strongest. Um, this is weird. Dallas is one of those teams where my eyes disagree. Like when I watch, they're quite good, but the numbers say they're not great. Um, you brought up Dallas's 
I think in part because of a putrid home field, the Rams are against uh, this is kind of clash of weakness and weakness there, but I think everyone's going to click on that, right? Didn't catch that last part. What's everybody going to click? Uh, the Rams Saints teaser. Who ruined that? Oh, yeah. that's That, that was going to be my best bet of the week. Spoiler alert. Who blows the Rams Saints teaser? <laughs> you know? Who does it? Jared Goff does it. That, that That's my inkling, right? Is the only one, there's only one human on the planet that can blow this teaser. And that's Jared Goff. So I'm I'm agreeing with Mo there for sure. Seems like free money? Maybe? Is that possible? Uh, yeah. Bringing these numbers? I mean, I said they're begging you to... Oh, yeah. They're, they're like praying for you to fire the Saints Rams tees, which on the surface actually makes me worried <laughs> that this is a setup. Uh, Brett, of course, picked the Cowboys as well. Again, no strong lean for me on the Rams, but I do love that teaser. Get them down to one and a half. Um, all right, Sunday. Chargers at Patriots. The joke line of the week. Bert and I got the blinders on, taking the Patriots. Donnie is anti-jinxing his Patriots. He's got the Chargers. And Mo, best bet, Chargers plus four. Mo, why is this your best bet? It's just the Chargers are better on the field, but the Pats are in just a great spot at home. Situationally, it sucks for the Chargers, but I do think they're better on than the Pats, harder than the score would tell you, and hopefully that helps us get a little better number here. Maybe Moe's the one in a sketchy place. <laughs> so so, so Moe's saying there that uh, the Chargers better on both sides of the ball. DVOA does agree. Uh, better overall as well. They're third in overall efficiency, third on offense, eighth on defense. That's better than the Patriots, seventh overall. Uh, fifth on offense and 16th on defense. DP, you two of the Chargers. Go ahead, tell us why. So, outside of coaching and the kicker, where are the Patriots better? Because I don't see it. Not this year. Uh, Philip Rivers is better than Tom Brady this year. All of the weapons that Rivers has, they are better than anything on the other side of the ball for Lineba- New England. Linebacker? Linebacker? The Chargers don't have any linebackers? Uh, okay. Who, who the hell do the Patriots have as linebacker? The shell of Hightower? They have body. Van Noy. They have. They literally have bodies. Van Noy has played really well this year. I will give you that. And, and certainly up front for them, Trey Flowers has been really, really good. Um, but uh, other than that, I mean... I got to give it to, I got to give it to Derwin James, Joey Bosa, and that Chargers defense. I think that they're just better, and we we all know what this Patriots defense is. It's it, all week. All I've seen on my timeline is how the Patriots uh, are ranked in the top ten in both uh, on offense and on defense, and I'm like, this defense is a joke. Well, the offense is also a joke, but the defense is definitely a joke. So, I mean, this this Chargers team. When this Chargers team goes on the road this year, they just they're absolutely crushing. They have, they have one road loss, and it's it's actually in L.A. against the Rams. So I don't even think that that counts. Um, I, I I just I really like this this Chargers team here. Now, okay, when I say that, the, the thing that gives me pause is 
if the Chargers do the thing that they always do every single year, um, they haven't yet. So maybe they've, you know, turned the page on their history, but they always seem to just screw it up somehow. They do stupid San Diego Chargers things. Maybe the fact that they're just out of San Diego, they just removed that stench from their uniform. Who knows? But we know what teams tend to do when they go into Gillette and they have to face Brady and Belichick. And I'm worried there that, you know, Philip Rivers could just turn into a total pumpkin and Anthony Lynn can just totally screw things up. Um, So that gives me a lot of pause. Uh, But ultimately, um, I, I don't think you can pass up taking the Chargers in this spot. I mean, neutral field, are, are the Patriots really, should the Patriots really be favored? I don't think so. I don't no, think so at all. I don't think so either, but this isn't a neutral field. This is the Patriots. Exactly. That's what gives, gives me the pause. You know, that's why it, I was thinking about my best bet and I was like, man, but it's, they got to go into Gillette and the, the team's just turtle when they do this. It's like so stupid. Like they should just, they should crush the Patriots. They really should. They should just easily win outright and it shouldn't even be a thing, but they got to go to Gillette, face Brady and Belichick and I, who the hell knows what's going to happen? 100%. You're making all the points. Not only do they have to go to Gillette, this is back-to-back weeks where they're going West Coast to East Coast to play a 10 a.m. on their body clock football game. That's a brutal ask from the NFL. I got to go historic here as well, although I don't think these really have any impact on the game. They're just narrative and I love them during the Brady Belichick era the Pats have only been favored by fewer than six points at home five times beyond the wild card round so divisional round and AFC championship of all those times only five times they've been fewer by uh, favored by fewer than six points shockingly uh, shockingly they are 4-0 and 1-5-0 Straight up. So never lost, never failed to cover. The most recent game, 2017 against the Steelers, 36-17, an absolute drubbing of Mike Tomlin, Big Ben, Antonio Brown, and company. Uh, Rivers against the Patriots, 1-5 in in his career with the lone victory coming at home against Matt Castle. In New England, he's lost by 8-14-14. The most recent game was last year. They lost by eight. And this is where I'll get into actual football analysis. I don't think any of those things are predictive. I just think they're fun. Actual football analysis. In that game, and I think it's very applicable here, in that eight-point loss last year, James White and Rex Burkhead targeted 13 times, caught 12 of them for 153 yards. The Chargers, like I said, have no linebackers. (laughs) They got cute last week. Shouts to Anthony Lynn. Super smart. They played only safeties at linebacker, essentially, and forced uh, Lamar to throw against them, which he could not do until the dying embers of the fourth quarter. And uh, it worked. But I don't think that's going to work against the Patriots when you actually have to defend the pass. And uh, they were 23rd defending the running back out of the backfield this year, and that was with Denzel Perryman and Jatavis Brown. Again, they have no Linebackers, So I think James White and Rex Burkhead are going to feast on this defense. Another thing I love, 61% of the droolers, the public, are pounding the Chargers. This is a continuing narrative this week. The public is all over these dogs. Uh, and ultimately, everyone is screaming that the Pats dynasty is over. 
They finished seventh in overall DVOA, fourth on offense, fourth passing, and most importantly, in this game against Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram, they were number one in adjusted sack rate on the offense. I don't think Brady gets touched. I think he just does his Brady thing, gets off a bunch of dump-offs, and the Patriots win this game by a touchdown. DP, honestly, when you close your eyes and you envision this game, can't you see Phillip Rivers down a touchdown with the ball, one timeout, it's third and long, and all you hear is that stupid, bleeping Patriots foghorn on third down. I just, I, I, I see it. It, it. This is Pats by seven, guys. Come on. Um, listen, I, I totally see it. I mean, that's why it gives me pause because, you know, it, it, I was it last year when when the the Chargers went into Gillette and they did that ridiculous punt return thing and they like ran into the end zone and like and even in that spot that might have been two years ago I can't can't remember exactly but anyway in that spot I was like you know the Chargers should go in here and really give the Patriots a game and they ended up just you know blowing their dicks all over the field like they normally do like all these teams do it just it's it's incredible and then just quickly um, it'd be crazy if the Chargers made a run to the Super Bowl because they would have to constantly go west to east the whole time which would just be nuts. Right. Other side of the bracket, you have um, Colts and Chiefs. I, Chiefs wouldn't be too bad of a... a well, not too bad, but it's yeah. still... I mean, it's not a West Coast team. Right. <laughs> and then the, the Super Bowl's in Atlanta. Man, back-to-back West to East, 10 a.m. body time. That's brutal. That really... Come on, NFL. Like, What are we doing here? First, you make them play that Chiefs-Chargers game Thursday night. I guess maybe that benefited the Chargers because they obviously went on to win, but... Can we give the Chargers a break? Also, we've last year we definitely crapped on him, but Anthony Lynn deserves a ton of credit for that move last week to just play safety as a linebacker. That was super sharp. I'm not exactly sh- sure still what Anthony Lynn is, but I'm certainly coming around on him. He might be he might be just a football CEO, right? Like he he might just he's cuz he's a running backs coach, his his background is I guess on the offensive side of the ball, but maybe he's just a good leader of men, right? He puts people in the right position to make the right calls. And that's ultimately what these head coaches need to be, CEOs. Yeah, I mean, this is obviously going to be a really big test for him going against uh, the greatest in Bill Belichick. So we'll see uh, what what he can put together and, and how good of a CEO he actually is out there. The GOAT. Mo, real quick, in the deepest, darkest places you know you want to see the Patriots win because you, as a Chefs fan, you want to end the dynasty at Arrowhead. I just want to, I just want the Patriots to win as a Chiefs fan because they suck, <laughs> and the Chiefs are going to roll this team at home. That uh, is that is smart. It's, it's, for, it's definitely a better matchup if you get the Patriots. Yeah, I mean, just let this team come in. He can't move, um, and we'll get absolutely carved. I actually saw um, a stat. Uh, I think maybe a, uh, a podcast. They were saying, uh, Lynn, this team is like one loss. They've only lost once all year when they led into the fourth quarter. So, like, he's actually been fine. Yeah, a- Anthony Lynn is showing that you can improve, you know? There's, which, and we haven't discussed it. It. I'm holding out hope. I have to. I'm a fan of Mr. Adam Gase, new head coach of the New York Jets. Like, guys can get better. 
I don't know if Gase is going to get better, but guys can get better. Fingers crossed, Mr. Gase. All right, final game of the weekend. Eagles at Saints. The Saints are laying eight points, and this is a consensus pick on the New Orleans Saints. We all believe that not only will the Big Dick Nick narrative end here, it will do so in thudding fashion against the number one seed in the NFC, who I believe to be by far, I mean, they are betting odds-wise the favorite to win the Super Bowl. I think they're, again, it would surprise me if they did not represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. DP, I'll let you lead this one off here. Tell me why you like laying the eight with the Saints here. Uh, simply put, I think that someone is going to expose this Philadelphia Eagles team like teams have yet to be able to do, and I think that it's going to be the Saints right now. The Saints, this offense, I think their defense is, is fine enough. Uh, they, they had the bye week last week, obviously. Uh, Sean Payton, Drew Brees, all those weapons they have on offense. I think that this is the type of team that's going to attack the Philadelphia Eagles like we've been – Pounding the table that teams need to attack them. You need to throw it deep and and just go at these defensive backs because that's where Philadelphia is decimated. I mean, they've been decimated all year. And for whatever reason, uh, in some of these recent weeks, uh, teams haven't really been doing that um, as much as uh, I think that we all thought that they should. And this this sets up just exactly perfect uh, for me for the New Orleans Saints. I think that uh, they're just going to be able to to go nuts <laughs> against this uh, this Eagles defense, put up a ton of points. And then uh, listen, Nick Foles. I mean, he went on a crazy run last year, and you know he's been doing it again for the most part, getting this team to the playoffs and then winning that first playoff game up in Chicago. But I mean, he hasn't looked overly impressive to me. He's certainly made some really good throws. Um, but he's also made some some throws that I've just been like, okay, he's just Nick Foles. Um, so that said, just having to go into New Orleans, that environment on the road, um, I think uh, time's going to run out on uh, that side of the ball for Philadelphia, the offensive side of the ball. Mo, the first time these two teams met this year was rule of circled when the schedule came out, a revenge game from last year's uh, non-NFC championship game should have been Saints at Eagles, but the Saints were stuck at home watching after the Minnesota Miracle. What do they do? They come out and blow doors. 48-7 to was the final. Is this circled again, Mo? Will, will this be a repeat of the first time these two teams met? Yeah, I agree with the opening line here. I think 10 was a much better line than this, where they're at. Um, and yeah, like Donnie said, this is still a bad QB in a tough environment defense um i think that the under is a nice play here the total sitting at 51 um well but then they'll be able to run the ball and usually you need both teams scoring to hit most of these overs and i like the saints to i think uh, one thing that worries me from the eagles perspective is they're really bad at defending the running back out of the back field that's against the Saints with Kamara. Um, and then overall, yeah, I just think a lot of success on it. And this line should probably be double digits. Yeah, I just, whenever I close my eyes and try to see outcomes in this game, and 
write stories in my head of what needs to happen for certain outcomes to occur. I just, there is no time where my eyelids shut and I see the Eagles winning this game. Like, I don't know what the Saints would have to do. I, I, I don't know what kind of mistakes they would have to make. I don't know what kind of injuries would have to occur. And I know this is pro football, so this all sounds insane. But, guys, I don't know. I, I This Eagles secondary is so bad. And this Eagles offense is so worrisome with Foles on the road in this big of a spot in a dome against the defense that likes to get after it. I agree with Mo. It feels like the first game. And, and in that first game... Although there were 55 points scored, the total did not come in. It came in under because of what Mo said. You need both teams to score in order to hit that total. Didn't happen the first time. I don't see it happening this time. I just can't can't see anything other than a Saints route. And a Saints route could be something like 24-7. Like I still think that could be a route due to them controlling the ball maybe salting some of the game away. But I just, I don't see a way for the Eagles to stop this, this Saints offense. And I don't trust Foles in this spot on the road, in the dome to be able to keep pace and score 20, 30 points. So like I said, my best bet is the Saints Rams on a tease. The Rams bit of an unorthodox tease because you're getting them from five to plus one, it's not necessarily a wong. Or sorry, this, this this is a wong. I don't know what I'm talking about. You get the the Rams seven and a half down to one and a half, and you get the Saints from eight down to two. So both are going through two key numbers. So that's my best bet. Like Mo said, it's staring right at you. They're begging you to tease these two teams, and ultimately, it can only end in disaster. Maybe once again. We'll have the Eagles capping the weekend as massive dogs to win outright. Maybe that's going to be the case. I don't see. um, If you like the uh, Saint, you feel pretty safe money line in the Saints. I think that is too low. Uh, Man, I just hate, I hate laying on the money line. That's like my least favorite thing to do in football. I mean, I think if you like a favorite this much, like once again, that aligns more with what the team is actually trying to do on the field, you know? Right. DP, can you see any picture of the Eagles winning this game? <laughs> any whatsoever? I mean, what's the Nick story? Foles, 405 touchdowns, like something insane like that. And just the saints totally crapping the bed. I mean, I give it like what a 2% chance that that happens, but I mean, I've seen it before, so I'm not going to say that it's not a possibility, but no, I don't really, I, I don't see the, the Eagles being able to win a really close game or sorry, not, not a close game, but like a, a hard fought game. I, I feel like if, if they do win, it's going to take just some incredible shootout and Nick Foles is going to have to just walk on water like the Jesus that he's been for the past, whatever, two seasons. <laughs> All right. So to quickly recap the games themselves, DP is a lone wolf on the Colts plus five at the chiefs. It is also his best bet. Although he does not like anything this weekend. 
I am a lone wolf on the Rams, minus seven and a half, but like DP, it is a slight lean. We are split on Chargers at Patriots. DP and Mo are fading the GOAT, Bill Belichick, where Brett and I both had the blinders on. And to close out the weekend, all four of us, each member of the collective, is laying the eight points with the Saints against the Eagles. DP, you had some futures that you wanted to discuss. I'm still holding on to my theoretical Colts 30-1 to ticket from last week, although I think I'll be parting with that this week. You wanted to talk about the Colts and another team this week. Yeah, I think it's just the Colts now that I I, I talk myself back into the Saints. Um, I mean, originally it was the Eagles, but because I, I mean, the, the large reason why is because I think that um, I like the prices on both, uh, just in terms of it being the the bigger bigger long shots to be able to do it. The Colts, I think, I think the Colts can definitely do it uh, over in the in the AFC, and and it's at uh, at Westgate right now. It's plus fourteen hundred, so four, fourteen to one. Um, I, I just I think that that's a really good team, and, and if they can get the job done uh, this week against the Chiefs, I think that that is their their toughest test. I guess I mean the the Chargers would be a really tough test as well, certainly. Um, but uh, if they ended up having to play New England, I would pick the Colts in a heartbeat. I just I think that they would decimate New England. Um, that said, uh, over I, you know I kind of like the Eagles in the NFC, but I mean now that I think about it. I don't. I don't know if, if the fourteen to one is high enough. So yeah, I don't. I don't think that I would. I would touch that. And then any, any of the favorites, I've also. I don't want to touch them either. They're just too too short. Usually, the best thing to do here this deep into the season is to not take the future and just parlay the money lines yourself. I think that that thought holds with the Eagles. If you do like the Eagles to win the Super Bowl, you just money line them this week, money line them next week, and then money line them in the Super Bowl. Whereas with the Colts, like if you see value in Indy, you might have missed it last week, but you might still be getting some value in the money line because if the Colts are a public dog this week against the Chiefs, the number one team in the AFC, the number one team overall in efficiency, the number one team on offense, what's public perception going to be this time next week if the Colts go into Arrowhead and win? You know? And... I I actually, in the rare case, see some value with DP on this future. I, I don't think you can money line the Colts out and get to this value. Like I think the Colts the Colts could find themselves if they're playing anybody but the Saints, couldn't you see like the Colts is like plus one in the Super Bowl against the Rams? Like if the Colts go on this run, they're going to be massively loved and supported by the public. What do you think about that line, Mo? If it's Rams Colts, do you think it could be as low as like plus one in the Super Bowl? No way. I think Rams and Saints are both at least minus three. Interesting. Maybe a little higher, minus three and a half like that. People are just gonna pound Indy though. I mean even well, yeah, it's yeah. You, you think the Saint, the Rams will have had to gone into New Orleans very likely and That's true. and beat the Saints there which is going to probably shoot up their public perception as well so it might cancel out a bit of that Colts public perception. Very true. But even at 3, like you're getting Indy just keeps winning everyone all the money. Right. Yeah, this has been going on for 10 weeks now. They're an ATM for the public. 
So if this continues, like people are just going to compound all of their winnings onto Indy. It's yeah, and if you listen to this podcast, you would have taken this future back then. That's right. Does anybody have a ticket? You have, Oh yeah, you've got what is it? I have I have a I have 100 to 1. Let's go. When I when, when I when we were talked about that, they were in third place in the division. Uh I thought I actually thought that the Texans could falter in terms of being the division winner because of the way that the schedule played out for them and then the Colts had an easy schedule and including that week 17 game uh, obviously, we know what happened there when they went into Tennessee and beat the Titans, but that was going to be a really big game um, just in terms of playoff implications. So, so yeah, if you were able to get them back then at 100 to 1, uh, really good price. 14 to 1 now, you know, it's it's obviously not 100 to 1, but it's still a pretty good price given given the state of uh, of the AFC. And, and it's, like you said, better to buy it now than buy it after they beat the Chiefs because it's going to drop significantly. And again, I, I just what's over this week, Donnie. Sorry, oh, 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 Chiefs Kingdom. The hard part is that this week is that the the hedge opportunity is is weird because the Chiefs are such big money line favorites. But the hedge opportunity gets way better next week. I'm telling you, if the Colts win this game, like they're <laughs> these lines are going to start shrinking. I mean, it's already shrinking for them to be only minus five in the spot. I I just think that's nutty. The Chiefs are so good at home. For this week, this is it. Yeah, I'm feeling my ears Chiefs off. I mean, think about I'm feeling like Chiefs. Think about Reed listening to idiots like Donnie too talk about how he always chokes in the playoffs and never gets it done. Like Andy Reed, this feels like Andy Reed coming for firstborns this game against this soft ass defense. Like, I think the Chiefs could drop like 50 points in this game. Yeah, fire the over, too. That's my other bonus play. Fire the team over as well for, for the Chiefs. I think they might just go ham. All right, that's the pod. Thanks for fighting through any of the audio difficulties. I'll do my best to clean it up for y'all. But, I mean, when Mo's just handing you winners all season, you know, you got to pay the piper. And in this case, it's just dealing with bad audio. It's not like you're paying us a cent, so deal with it people uh follow these guys on twitter at donnie underscore peters at mo nuara n-u-w-w-a-r-a-h give brett a follow as well brett colson c-o-l-l-s-o-n be sure to get your raffle ticket picks in we'll put the spreads in the info of this episode and on twitter as well enjoy your friday enjoy your weekend best of luck in your betting ventures best of luck to dp and mo on their teams hope you both lose (laughs) peace out